Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm your host, Mitch Friedman. Ideas have consequences, and every day you're exposed to ideas that promise human flourishing. Our mission here on the Pinocchio Project is to equip you to examine these everyday ideas so that you can determine for yourself whether or not they deliver on their promises. Hello and welcome to the Pinocchio Project. This is episode three of season two. Thank you for joining us. This is Mitch Friedman along with Jeff Olson. And today I want to riff on a headline that I just saw uh, that came out of one of the podcast texts of uh, one of my frequent consumptions of podcasts. And uh, here's the headline, provocative as it may be. The number of Americans who believe in God is down to historic levels. Oh, my goodness. Time to panic. Uh, That is actually numbers from a Gallup survey uh, in their Beliefs and Values survey uh, that was just completed. And here is the byline. The vast majority of U.S. adults believe in God, but the—I'm going to leave this blank for a second—but the blank percent who do so is down six percentage points from 2017 and is the lowest in Gallup's trend. Between 1944 and 2011, more than 90 percent of Americans believed in God. So, I didn't put the current number in because I want to leave it in suspense for just a second. So the bad news is the number of Americans who believe in God is down. It's down to 81%. The number of Americans who believe in God is down to historic levels. Ladies and gentlemen, that number, historically low, is 81%. And my first response as a follower of Jesus Christ in dire passion and desire for this uh, great land of ours to be steeped in belief in God, 81% does not sound like bad news to me. That sounds like good news. Hey, Jeff, 81% of Americans believe in God, two thumbs up. That's only because he doesn't have three hands. So if ideas have consequences, we have to now see why this is such bad news. And I think the key here for us is to understand Uh, the phrase, and to parse it and maybe tie a loose boundary around it for examination. What does it mean that 81% of Americans, quote, unquote, believe in God? And so I've titled this short little podcast today on the Pinocchio Project, where we vet everyday ideas that promise human flourishing. The title of this short podcast is The Faith Commitment that most of us share with demons. Uh, That's just as provocative as historic lows of belief in God. The faith commitment that most of us share with demons. We like to say that ideas have consequences. Good ideas on human flourishing bring a life-giving health to a people and a land, and bad ideas on human flourishing have consequences that equal degrading and suffering. So if 81% of Americans believe in God and we look around us and see so many ideas that have become practice that are counter to what we think belief in God should produce in a people and a land and policy, something's wrong with these ideas we're considering. So let me, let me clarify. 
If the idea that belief in God means that the God of the Bible is the central authority for 81% of Americans, if that were true, ladies and gentlemen, that would be good news. We would not see a land divided by whether or not we can murder babies, whether or not we can redefine, reconstruct, deconstruct, and then build back again the idea of, of marriage that violates the created order that God has provided for us in his creation story with design and purpose. If belief in God meant that the God of the Bible is the central authority for 81% of Americans, ladies and gentlemen, this would be a flourishing land, starting with flourishing individuals, then building flourishing families, neighborhoods, businesses, cultures, and civilizations. So evidently, the idea that belief in God means that the God of the Bible is a central authority is a bad idea. All I have to do is look around me and see the fruit of other bad ideas that may be rooted in some kind of statement that includes I believe in God. So what I want to do here is I want to uh, look at a couple of biblical texts and compare and contrast them to uh, what belief in God uh, may mean. Uh, and before I do that, though, I think it's important for us to take some examples from our national celebrities uh, in the form of politicians. Uh, there are a couple of key players, and this has been true throughout the history of our politics for the past 50 or 60 years. Men and women who hold offices of significant power, who claim an affiliation with a denomination or a religious tradition that does hold that the God of the Bible and obedience to Jesus Christ should be central to our lives. Uh, there have been people who claim politicians, policymakers, uh, influencers, who claim their association and their devotion to those uh, denominations or traditions that when practice is revealed, when the fruit of their worldview is seen, their worldview is obviously not rooted in the central authority of the biblical text, the God of the Bible, his son, Jesus Christ, or the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet those same affiliations are continually claimed by these individuals. So I believe when uh, Gallup and his, uh, his team, I don't know if George Gallup is even alive anymore. Is George Gallup alive, Jeff? Jeff says no. We'll, we'll check on that and uh, we'll, we'll post it on Snopes or Snopes will post it for us. But I, I believe that Gallup's survey uh, is less specific than belief in God being the fact that the God of the Bible is the central of authority for 81% of Americans. Again, if that was the case, flourishing would be a result. And I can say as a pastor for a long time uh, that, that this is a very common sort of proclamation for people who are involved in religious context, places, uh, churches, places where religious goods and services are distributed. For example, a question, hey, uh, are you confident in your salvation? I believe in God. Hey, do you know Jesus Christ personally? I believe in God. And that, that is, that is, that's an offer answered to not dismiss, but to clarify the fact that I must be okay because intellectually at some level, I believe in a God or the God of the Bible, or a higher power. 
And so the Bible's very clear in its insistence that to make a statement that I believe in God is not enough to secure the spiritual destiny or the contemporary security of a person made in the image of God. Because every human being created in God's image with design, with purpose, is also a fallen human being now being embedded in fabric with the sin nature that needs the redemption of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of that sin and the security and salvation that follows, uh, therefore becoming an agent of restoration. I don't know if you know what I did there, Jeff, but I just covered all four movements of God's grand story, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. He's right there with me. We're growing together in this, ladies and gentlemen. So it's quite clear again, and I don't want to beat this to death. Uh, when I see a headline uh, that says 81% of people in America believe in God, Inside of me, I would love to uh, agree in the sense that uh, higher power or a God or the God uh, is what's in in reference and what's in focus here. Uh, But let me offer a counter. And this is is a biblical worldview uh, conversation here in this micro moment. 100%, not 81%, 100% of everyone made in God's image is made with a need to place their devotion in faith in an object of worship that they hope will deliver flourishing and salvation, redemption and restoration, whatever that may mean to that person. 100% of all image bearers, whether in America present or past or even future or any other nation of the world in history, in the present or future, 100%, all of us believe in a God. If God means the primary object of my devotion with hope of flourishing, redemption, salvation, restoration. Uh, For some who say in this survey they believe in God, some of this 81% actually has their hope in the state. Uh, Some have their hope in the sex God. Uh, Some, uh, maybe most, because this is the root of Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3 and the coming of the fall now put into us, into our fabric, the need to be our own God and to be autonomous and not have any strings attached. Like Pinocchio, ain't no strings on me. So uh, in, in respect, uh, from a biblical worldview perspective, to any survey that talks about belief in God, uh, we have to do a lowercase g, little God. That would be anything and anyone other than the creator God who has made all things by the breath of his mouth and given us now full redemption in his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, so that's why I called this podcast episode, the faith commitment most of us share with demons, because <laughs> that 81% uh, is, it's true of them. That 100% is true of them. We all share a faith commitment in God. And when I, when I kind of use a provocative title, 
that we share this faith commitment with demons. I'm pulling this right out of the biblical text. Uh, and actually, in this context, the ones surveyed are actually more clear on the creator God of the Bible. So this is what I mean. In, in the book of James, uh, James is actually Jesus' half-brother. Uh, in, in chapter 2, what we know of chapter 2 is his little letter. Strong letter, very practical. Uh, actually, the book of James had trouble, quote-unquote, getting into the canon uh, because the, uh, the scholars and the councils didn't really see a deep theologically rooted uh, construct that commended it to the canon. Uh, but by God's grace and God's desire, it made it into uh, the canon of the New Testament and the canon of the Bible as a whole. And so in chapter 2, uh, James gets right after us. Uh, what good is it then, brother? Verse 14. What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone says he or she has faith but does not have works? That's a rhetorical question that has an implied answer of no. What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone says he or she has faith but does not have works? It's no good. Can that faith save her? Can that faith save him? Again, rhetorically, no. And this is his example. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily, lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Rhetorically, it's of no good. So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So see the connection here between a faith properly placed in the Creator God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the outworking of that faith. In this particular context, it's, it's taking care of the poor. But in, in total, complete understanding of context and obedience, it is my commitment to Jesus Christ as the Son of God and now my submission and surrender in obedience to his leadership and lordship. So James says, faith, a statement of faith by itself, if it does not have the outworkings of faith in Jesus Christ and a commitment to his lordship, I'm adding this, uh, but that's implied, is useless, it's dead. And that's through verse 17. Let's continue. James continues on, verse 18. But someone will argue, you have faith and I have works. And then James continues, and now he takes this, this contra-argument and makes it work towards a theological identification of the divine. James says, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works, which means faith is a priority, faith is the root, and works is the fruit. And here it is. Here's our common commitment with the demons. You believe that God is a chad, or God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe that statement, that proclamation, and it causes them to shudder. You believe that God is, and from a Hebrew perspective, echad, he is the monotheistic God. You do well. The demons share that faith commitment, and it causes them to shudder because at least they understand the full gravity of what it means to have God in their world, even though they do not submit. They are contrary and opposed and energetic towards God and anything, and especially anyone, anyone who's made in his image. They are contrary to the image of God and violently opposed and bent on destruction of the image of God. So what I hope to take away from these kind of surveys 
is that I'm not sure how much help they are. If 81%, again, of Americans were submitted and surrendered to Jesus Christ as Lord, you would see flourishing individuals, flourishing families, flourishing cultures, and ultimately a flourishing civilization. I'm going to close today with another statement of what it means to understand and proclaim that God himself is to be worshipped with proper context and in proper understanding of God and his son. John 14, Jesus is in the upper room in the last, the last night of his earthly life. Uh, he's just hours away from crucifixion. And he's giving some final instructions, basic instructions before leaving earth. Does that date me? Uh, he says to the posse who's troubled, they are concerned, they are anxious. Their master is about to go. The one who is going to set them up in the kingdom seems to be headed in the other direction. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. The, the Greek text can also read, you believe in God. Believe also in me. So Jesus now frames up the proper understanding for our pollsters. I, I, you know, do you believe in God? Yes. Does that mean that you believe in Jesus Christ as one and only Son who gave himself for you and now commands that you live a life in surrendered, flourishing obedience? That's the way I wish these polls were structured. You believe in God, believe also in me. So let's do a survey out in Pinocchio podcast land. Do you believe in God, not a God, the God, the creator God, the maker of all things in heaven and earth who made you on purpose, with purpose, gave you design, and given, has given you redemption in his son? Do you believe also in his son, Jesus Christ? And are you straining toward a flourishing life of surrender and obedience? I'd love to see a poll like that. I guess we just took one informally. Feel free to reach out to us with your answer. For The Pinocchio Project, Mitch Friedman, signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on The Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow. Give us a five-star rating and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at pinocchioprojectpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at PinocchioPod, or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening, and remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences. <laughs>